Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. This morning, so good, so good that you're uh, joining us here. And um, I'm actually... So, Shemaine, we're going to use the last slide first. I'm just going to change it up a little bit uh, on the fly because I feel like it goes uh, so well uh, with what Rach was just saying saying then. So um, for those that have been around for uh, a few weeks and at this time, uh, you would know that we're in our, our legacy season, which is where we um, encourage people to uh, give above and beyond uh, their regular giving for some specific vision projects that we feel that God is leading us uh, leading us to. And so our prayer over this time has always been the same. Uh, our prayer is that as a church, we would hear the voice of God for how he would like us to respond and then we'd have the courage to step out in faith and say, okay, this is what I feel like God's speaking to me about, about how I can be involved, about how my family is going to play a part. And then God, would you fill me uh, with the courage to be able to, to be able to step into that? And so, um, um, and so a, a, a legacy that we leave uh, by that is in our own families, like what Rachel was talking about, in our sphere of influence, because as we're generous, we allow more of who Jesus is to become real in our lives, but also it leaves a legacy in our community and beyond. Uh, and we've talked about, I just want to recap, but then tell you a little bit more detail about one of them, our, our six areas of our influence that we're influencing through our, our legacy giving. And so um, they're Elevation Kids, so we believe uh, in our children. It's not just babysitting out the back, but it's sowing the Word of God into them. It's raising them in the ways and the things of God. Our Solomon Islands, so our denomination, International Network of Children, Churches has a, a Bible college um, on uh, in the Solomons there at Balasuna, and so we'll be supporting uh, through Legacy Funds um, five uh, pastors to be trained over the next twelve months. Can you believe? You know what it costs to train a pastor for one year in the Solomons? One thousand dollars. That's all. That's all. Amazing to be able to to support that. So that's another one of our areas. Uh, Staff developments are building into our team who carry so much of who we are as a church and just impact the community and and release people in their giftings. Uh, In our production area to keep creating an inspiring environment uh, in this place that people would uh, respond to God and and respond to His his presence and His power. Uh, Elevation Youth, so we're going to be launching a youth camp in 2023 to really sow that uh, fire of God into young people. And then the, the, the last one, but it's actually the most significant one financially for us, which we've talked about is um, a community quick fit or partnering with a, um, with a community organisation in the city of Mandra that are already making a difference, but we can come alongside and partner with them and say, and hold their hands up and, you know, help them practically and, and give, um, give funds to them for the amazing work that they do. So the exciting news to add to that is that um, Rachel and myself have been in conversations and seeking God for who we can partner uh, partner with. And there's a great uh, Christian organisation making a significant difference uh, in our community. And, and, and that one's called WA Mums Cottage. Um, I think we're going to flick the logo up on the screen there so it just uh, helps you to identify. But just so, uh, just so you know about WA Mums Cottage, it's a place of uh, respite and care that supports women and children who experience distress 
or family violence. They have uh, two properties on Davy Street uh, in Mandra, and um, we're currently talking with their chairperson and COO about uh, how we as a church can practically uh, partner with them. Uh, there may be some uh, building stuff that we might be doing uh, for them. We want to sow funds to support them and just, just make an incredible difference in their lives. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to go, you know what, as for, like Rach said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord by serving others. How, how powerful is that, that we can make an impact uh, in people's lives? So we're really excited about that. And so, like I said, our prayer uh, over this time is that you would hear from God about how you could be involved, that uh, you would take one of these legacy cards that you may be awkwardly sitting on right now, but you can, you can do the awkward, grab it from under yourself later. It's okay. It's okay. Um, and, and prayerfully consider, hey, how can I be a part of this? And then bring those back next week with either your one-time offering or maybe your you know, pledge over the next, um, next season of time. Then as a church, together, all playing a part, let's make a difference in the city of Mandra. Let's make a difference uh, in the state of WA. Let's make a difference in the nation. And let's make a difference all throughout the world because of what God has done in and through our lives, which is awesome. So I was going to say that at the end, but I felt like it just slipped in really well what Rach is saying. So we're going to go back to the, back to the start again. I know, all, all over the place this morning. But um, we've been saying this statement uh, about in our legacy series that, that is this, that legacy is less about what we leave for people and more about what we leave in people. Now, leaving a godly inheritance in terms of, you know, financially and support is important, but even more important than that is leaving something in people of the kingdom of God, leaving something in people that uh, calls them up to the power and the presence of God and who He is. And so last week, I spoke from Luke chapter 1 as we looked at the birth of John the Baptist. Uh, So John was a forerunner to Jesus. He was born right in God's perfect timing, only months before Jesus. God's plan was that this guy John would make a way and prepare the people for the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. John baptised Jesus. You know, pretty cool thing to put on your resume there. Oh, you know, what, what, what have you done with your life? Ah, oh, just baptised the Son of God. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing special or anything like that. So John baptised Jesus and um, he played a pivotal role in how he launched his public ministry. And so last weekend, last Sunday, we focused on the circumstances of John's parents, a couple by the name of Zachariah and Elizabeth. Uh, the Bible spoke of them being godly people who served the Lord and stayed faithful faithful even when the circumstances looked like they were fruitless. But we discovered last week that God's timing matters. He has a master plan. He, ha- he knows how your part interacts with his part, that interacts with her part, that interacts with his part, that interacts as a, as a big, like a giant chessboard all working together. God is in control. He has the master plan. And so the challenge for us is to trust God that his timing is perfect. And so we also spoke about the fact that uh, even when maybe we feel fruitless, in the world that there's one type of fruit that is always in season. Bible talks about it in Galatians 5 and it's called the fruit of the Spirit. We won't read the Scripture right now, but it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Always remember the self-control one. It's on the, it's, it's on the end there. But, but that type of fruit, no matter what we're facing, 
No matter if the circumstances look dire and impossible and like nothing is going right, God is always looking to, uh, to birth that type of fruit on the inside of, of our lives. But the, but the powerful thing is it doesn't stay internal. It moves externally. It always makes a way out to impact those around you and to leave a legacy in someone. And so today, as I mentioned last week, we're going to continue in Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at Zacharias and other people's responses to the announcement that the angel brings to Zachariah that, that him and Elizabeth have been believing for a son. They've been believe, she's been barren, but they've been believing for a son to come and to you know, be an heir and carry the name and all that, all that sort of stuff. And so this angel turns up and says to Zechariah, hey, this is about to happen. So we're going to read this from Luke chapter 1, uh, from verse 11 through to 20. It'll be on the screen behind me as well. It says this, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you ought to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Um, uh, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the, dis- and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. I don't know about you, but as I'm reading this and thinking that an angel has just turned up you know, physically in front of um, in front of Zachariah, and said, "Hey, everything you're believing for, every the promise that you feel like God is speaking to you about, it's about to come pass. Uh, come to pass. Sorry, the miracle is about to take place." I'm thinking, if I was Zachariah, then maybe my response would have been like, "Like, wow! Like, praise God! Like, how amazing is this? Not only are we going to have a son, but listen to what uh, God says about him. What Gabriel is communicating about him. He's saying that he'll be a joy and a delight." that others will rejoice because of this, that He'll be great in the sight of God, that He'll be filled by the Holy Spirit before He was even born and He'll, he'll be in the, in the power of Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of the nation and bring Israel back to God. Like, you know, surely Zechariah must be thinking like, come on, this kid's going to be a, a nation shaker. This is amazing. Like, I, I love this. Forget just, you know, being ahead of the developmental processes. Like, come on, like John, he, this guy's going to be amazing right here. But this is Zechariah's response. Well, how can I be sure of this? I'm old. And so is my wife. Have you ever been really, really excited about something and you're sharing that excitement, you're sharing that joy, that anticipation with another person, 
But their response is just like totally pessimistic, don't care, like, oh, great. Have you, no pointing fingers, no looking at your husband or wife, you know, what, have you ever felt like that before? You're like, this thing is amazing, hey, this thing happened to me, you know, maybe it's like, oh, it's so funny, like, let me tell you about it, and then, you know, you have to sort of backtrack and go, well, obviously you had to be there because you don't get it, but that, you know, have you, have you ever felt like that before? I think this is that moment for Gabriel right here. He was like, well, that didn't go as planned, did it? <laughs> made this big announcement to this guy that's been believing for something amazing, and he's like, well... I'm old and so is my wife, so how's, how's this thing going to happen? Or, or, or maybe you're the ideas person, always thinking something new, something exciting, and then the other person is the person that likes to bring the reality into the situation and say, you know, just like Zachariah did well, you know, we're old, um, I can't see how this is going to happen. Um, full disclosure, we have a, uh, a bit of a joke slash reality in our marriage that Rachel is the one that has the ideas and I'm the person that makes the ideas happen. That's the, that's the, that's, that's the general flow, isn't it, babe? Um, but one thing, one thing I've been working on over this last season is that sometimes Rachel would say this great idea about, you know, what, what we're going to do and we should do this and this should happen and all this sort of thing. And, and, my, and my response would be, it'd be good to start, would be like, oh, great idea. And then I'd add this little three-letter word in there that begins with T and ends in, sorry, begins with B and ends with T. Has a U in the middle. Great idea, yeah, that'd be awesome, but... Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, try and maybe bring the reality of the situation. And so I've been working on trying not to do that as much, just a little bit of, you know, family of origin stuff that trying to, trying to shed here. Um, but, but there's something about this announcement that Gabriel makes, and he wasn't actually very impressed with Zachariah's response. Let's read again. We read it before, but this is what Gabriel says back to him from verse 19 and 20. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Here's my interpretation. Gabriel's like, are you serious, Zachariah? I think this is where the phrase originated from, you know, don't you know who I am? Like, I am Gabriel. Like, I stand in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but, you know, God himself told me to tell you, and he throws in there, just in case Zachariah didn't get it. He's a bit slow, the old guy. He's like, it is good news. Trust me, it is good news for you. I, I'm not sure if Gabriel was that sassy and sarcastic, but it's just the, you know, just the way that, that I read it. But, but then obviously, Gabriel says, because of the unbelief coming out of your mouth, I'm going to shut your mouth. You're not speaking until it's time. And so here's the question that uh, pops up in, in my mind as we, as we read this. The question is, what happened to Zechariah? See, as we discovered last week, and if you just read a few verses uh, previous, you'll see, um, only a few verses ago, God is declaring that him and Elizabeth, his wife, are righteous before God, that they're walking in the ways and the commands of God, and then Zechariah responds to the angel like this. I feel like this is maybe one of those, you want to do one of those really bad, like, docos, you know, child stars, like, where are they now? You know, like, what happened 
to Zachariah, like what went, what went wrong, Macaulay Culkin? I mean, sorry, what went wrong, you know, Zach- Zachariah? You're in the physical presence of an angel and he's saying to the angel, well, why don't you show me how it's going to happen? You know, what, what changed in Zachariah that moved him from someone who was blameless following God all the days of his life to responding like this to God's Word? Now, we, we don't really know because um, the Bible doesn't tell us, hey, by the way, here's the seven points where Zechariah, you know, was terrible. It doesn't, doesn't, give us, doesn't give us that. But I'd like to throw a few thoughts about maybe what happened to Zechariah. And, and it can be helpful if we compare Zechariah's response to the angel uh, with Mary, mother of Jesus' response to the angel. Because just a, sh- a few short verses later, in Luke, an angel, Gabriel, same guy, turns up and makes an announcement to Mary that she's about to be pregnant. So we're going we're gonna to read this. Uh, it's a little bit later in Luke, Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel, Gabriel, again, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And she came to her... And and sorry, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God and Mary said behold I am a servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her so here we have Mary mother of Jesus receiving a very similar announcement from Gabriel about a miracle conception now, initially, it appears like Mary's response may be in the sort of same vein as Zachariah's, but by the end of the conversation, we see a remarkable difference. The final interaction between Zachariah and Gabriel, as we read, involves Gabriel shutting Zachariah's mouth because of his unbelief. However, the final interaction between Mary and Gabriel is Mary's faith-filled declaration I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So remember, we, we, we asked the question, you know, what happened to Zechariah? What changed in him? Are there any warning signs? Are there any, uh, you know, things that we can pick up from as we compare these two stories to see what God is calling us in terms of our response to Him, our response to His Word, and our response to His ways. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one is this, is that God is looking for a now response. 
God is looking for a now response. You know, our relationship with Jesus is not a one-time decision, a set and forget. It is a daily walk, a daily decision to align our life with Jesus. You see, Zechariah, he had the history. In fact, he had the position, a priest of God, serving in the temple, serving God, yet his history didn't matter when it came to responding to the word that Gabriel brought to him. You see, Mary's attitude trumped Zachariah's position. Mary's, Mary wasn't a priest. She wasn't in the temple serving, serving God. She was simply a, a girl that was following, following God's ways, virgin, betrothed, to be married. But her open heart, believing in faith, will always go further than some religious position or church position or, or, or something that we feel maybe is owed to us because of the amount of time we've been serving God. You see, God is always looking for a now response, not a yesterday response, not a last week response, not a 10 years ago when I gave my life to Christ response, but He's calling us to respond to Him today. You see, maybe you've seen God move in your past. Maybe you can tell of the miracles that He's brought through your family over the years and, he, and you know that He has set you free from the things of old, from the things of your past. But can I ask you in all humility, how is your response now to Him? Today, this week, this month, how has it been in 2022? Because God is looking for a now response from us. He's looking not just what our past has been like, whether that's been amazing, whether that's been terrible, or whether it's just been somewhere in between. God is looking for our response to Him right now, today. You see, don't worry, this doesn't mean that we live on some sort of like yo-yo string where we're like, oh, Monday I didn't follow God, but Tuesday I did, but Wednesday was better. Oh, and Thursday was good as well, but Friday I only prayed five minutes. I didn't pray at all, or I turned up to prayer meetings. That must be a good one. Or, you know, like we, we, don't, we don't live like that, but we do want to live seeking God, looking to respond to Him and His ways on a daily basis. Whenever we can. We don't just have some, you know, epic encounter with God 10 years ago and then go about our daily lives. No, no. He wants to come and impact our life each and every day. It means that we look to hear His voice, to follow His lead, and to align our lives to His Word today. You know, our testimony, that is our story of God uh, transforming our life, is not only in the past, but it should be in the now, right now, and it is also in the future as well. We look to God to change our life, not just from the things previous, but right now. Right now. How is my response to God right now? Is your response to God a now response? Because Mary's was. And when we compare maybe Zachariah with Mary, Zachariah had the history he had the position, he had the title, he'd been following God for a long time, but the angel's like, well, you know, I, I feel like maybe, and this is just me reading into it, probably not true, but, you know, maybe there was a little, a little conversation between Gabriel and God right there. You know, as, as Zachariah responded like that, Gabriel's like, hey, God, can I do it? Please, can I do it? I just want to shut his mouth. You know, like, please, I'm sure we've all felt like that sometimes about people. I just want to shut his mouth. Can I do it? And God's like, there you go, Gabriel. You do it. Go for it, Gabe. It's what you've been looking forward to. He's like, yes, done. You won't speak again. I don't know if it was like that, but, but God was looking for a now response. Not last week, not last month, but right 
now. So number one, God is looking for a now response. Number two, quite simple, if you can't agree with God, then keep quiet. Come on, I'm preaching to myself as well. If you can't agree with God, then I, I clean that up a little bit. You know, if you, if you can't agree with God, then keep quiet. Gabriel tells Zechariah, as he read, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Now, as we read this, we might think, well, was this a, uh, a consequence for Zechariah's sin of disbelief? Or was this God maybe thinking, you know, I just can't have this type of negativity, faith-draining speech around while Elizabeth's pregnant. You know, God's like high-fiving Elizabeth. I'm doing this for you, Elizabeth. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a combination of both. Maybe it's a combination of both. You know, I don't want to bring doom and gloom, but if you're a reader of the Bible, oftentimes we think of the Old Testament as all judgment and the New Testament as all grace. Can I say that's a very simplistic way to think about it, and it's also not true, because there are many, many times where grace is shown throughout the, um, throughout the Old Testament. In, in fact, like Rach mentioned about the rainbow, the, the promise of God that he would never flood the earth again after Noah. That is the grace of, that is the grace of God. And you know what? Here on Zechariah, this is the judgment of God on Zechariah found in the New Testament. You know, as a, you know, we won't, we won't keep going there, but there's, there's, there's not the way it works. There's a responsibility that we have to obey God, to seek Him, and the Bible's quite clear that there are consequences to not following the ways of God. Psalm 19, 14 says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock, and Redeemer. Would the words that you speak, preaching to myself, would the words that I speak, would they be the types of words that are accepted by God? Are they faith-filled words that declare the promises of God even in the midst of impossibility? Are they the faith-filled words that say to God, you know what, I don't understand what's going on here this is not fair. And you can say all those words to God. I'm not like, this is not like hyper, you know, word of faith, like you must only say positive things, otherwise, you know, terrible things are going to happen. No, no. Of course, we, we can be real and authentic before God. We can, we can let our hearts go free before Him and say, God, I don't understand. God, I'm so racked with grief. God, why does this happen? Why is my life looking like this? But then we come back to, as we find in the Psalms when that happens, we come back to, but God, you are still faithful. But God, you are still amazing. But God, I still place my trust in you. Even though, even when it doesn't look like it's going to work out, I still declare your favour and your greatness over my life. But with the type of words that we use, uh, are they acceptable before God or are they not? Would, would they be the type of words that Zechariah used when he said, how can I be sure... This is going to happen. Notice, I think the influent, the um, uh, the most important word there that Zechariah uses is "I," because he says, "How can I be sure of this?" Zechariah was saying, "Come on, God, why don't you prove to me how this is going to happen?" 
You see, those type of words that say, God, well, well, come on, show me how you're going to do it. Show me, can you, can you prove it to me? What they actually do is they set us up on the throne of our own lives. They set, they set us up as the centre of the universe and say, God, you need to revolve around me. God, this is what I want. Can you show me how you're going to do it for me? And, 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 then, and, then I'll, and then I'll find out that you're real. But that's not the type of words that God wants us to use. Those types and words and those attitudes, they set ourselves in the centre and, and they're telling God that He needs to prove Himself to us. Unbelief will always say, God, you need to come into alignment with me. But Mary's faith-filled response says, God, I will align myself to you. Let it be to me according to your word, is what Mary's declaration was. Let it be according to me, uh, sorry, let it be to me according to your word. A faith-filled response says, I don't understand it. I don't know how it's going to happen. But God, whatever you say, I'm going to declare that in my life, in my situation as well. Uh, Daniel Darling, great name, by the way, in his book, The The Characters of Christmas, he writes this. He says, I checked that three times to make sure that is his name, but that is DD's name. All right. He says, um, sometimes we are tempted to confuse Mary's inquiry with the sinful doubt we find in Zechariah, but they are different. Whereas Zechariah legitimately doubted God's ability to have Elizabeth bear a son, Mary was curious in a good way. Remember, Zechariah says, um, basically, show me how you're going to do it. Mary asks the question, how will this happen? How, how, will, this, how will this happen? Mary's words were, were laden with trust, whereas Zechariah's response was encrusted with uh, cynicism and doubt. And, and the crazy thing is if we look at it from a, a very human uh, point of view, Mary's situation was actually more impossible than Zachariah's. Like, at least Zachariah had a wife. Like, do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, she was old. Men just look straight ahead, don't, don't look left or right. You know, she was old, right? But, um, but at least he had a wife. Mary's situation is even more impossible. She's only engaged. The Bible clearly says she's a virgin. So, in fact, the miracle taking place in Mary is even more impossible than the one that Gabriel was declaring to Zechariah, yet it's Mary's faith-filled response that we find. Not only that, but the miracle that's taking place in Mary would actually put even more challenge in front of her life. Unwed, virgin, has to um, convince her uh, fiancé that it was the Holy Spirit, you know, not like the guy down the road, you know, like imagine trying to have that conversation. If you know the story, the angel tells up, so Joseph does, does believe. But it, was, it, it placed more challenge in front of her life. They, they, they escaped to Egypt for years because of, because of persecution. She, she witnesses her son crucified on a cross. Even more challenge is placed in front of Mary through the miracle. That, that, that may be a, uh, a sermon for another day that, you know, following the purpose and plan of God is not always, you know, placing us on easy street. But these words that we're speaking, are our words building faith or are they sowing doubt? Are they declaring the greatness and the faithfulness of God or are they simply just looking at the impossibility of the situation? You know, this morning as we begin to wrap up, maybe Ben can come and join me on, on the keys here. But I don't know about you, but I want to carry that heart of openness 
and faith and trust in God that Mary had. That's, 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 what, that's what I want to carry. I, I want to I be a person that even though the situation seems impossible, I can say, yes, God, let it be in me according to your word. No matter how impossible the situation looks like, no matter what it looks like is going on, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my heart, I'm going to set my mind, I'm going to set my world on the things of God. And as I mentioned, as we approach this Legacy Offering season and, and Legacy Sunday next Sunday, let's do it, let's approach it in the spirit of Mary. Let's approach it ready to say, God, let it be to me according to your word, that I'm going to seek you, I'm going to seek after your things and your ways, I'm going to acknowledge you, and I'm going to place my trust and my hope in you. And then as you speak to me, as impossible maybe as the situation looks, I'm going to look to you because you are my provider. You are my provision. You are the one that makes an impact and a difference in my life and in others' lives. I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That, that was Mary's, as Mary's response. Let's remember that God is looking for a now response and He's looking for us to use our mouths to praise and declare in agreement with God about His Word. And let's see the legacy of the Kingdom of God take a hold in the city of Mandurah across our great state of Western Australia, across our nation and into the outermost parts of the world because we've heard from God, we've obeyed His voice and we've dedicated our lives to seeking Him. So this morning, just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place, maybe you're here and the first, first decision for, for you to make is a decision that says yes to Jesus Christ. A decision that says, I'm going to follow after God. I'm going to, I'm going to lift my hand in a moment. I'm going to make a, I'm going to, there's going to be a moment of decision. And whether I've done this before or whether it's been a long time and something's come to, to just to take me off course and taken some, you know, a few wrong steps. Can I say that, that God's Word says that His mercies are in you for us every morning. Every morning, His mercy is new for us. And there is mercy for you here today. There is a grace of God for you here today to make a decision to follow Jesus. So if that's you, if you'd like to just lift your hand where you are, I'll see your hand, you can put it back down. We'll pray together as a church. We won't embarrass you or pull you out the front, but we do want to make that point of decision with you to follow Jesus. Is there someone like that this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus Christ, wants to say yes to following Him, to follow His Word and to follow His ways. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Lord. Church, would you pray this? Would you repeat it after me, praying to God? Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I give my life to You. From this day on, I'm going to set my course in line with You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank you for your love and thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Still praying this morning. God, I thank you for every single person here. I declare right now that as we seek you, Lord God, 
as we seek your heart and your ways and your plans for our lives. I thank you for a clarity, Lord God, to hear your voice. Lord, I thank you right now that every obstacle, every uh, noise that wants to come around and clutter our hearts and clutter our minds, Lord God, we lay that aside right now and we seek you and you alone. God, I thank you right now that you fill us, Lord God, not only with a listening ear to hear your word, but with the courage to step out in faith, just like Mary did and say, God, let it be to me according to your word. We thank you, God, that we are called to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And we give you our hearts and our lives today. We thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. Powerful, powerful.